This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Snake from Community Waikato and I have with me today Aaron Perriam from Community Foundations New Zealand. Welcome Aaron. Nice to be here with you, Holly. Oh, it's, it's awesome to have you here because you're normally based all the way down in Otataki Christchurch. Indeed. But we're going to talk a little bit today about what you do with Community Foundations New Zealand, what Community Foundations are more broadly. We'll hear a little bit more about yourself and where you've come from and, and what it is I suppose you hope to do with Community Foundations over the next few years. Let's start then with a bit of your history because you don't come from a Community Foundations background. No, not particularly. I mean, we were just talking before. <laughs> we went way back to the yeah. 90s. And so I, uh, when I left school, I uh, was a professional musician. Yeah, I love that. You know, that's, so that's great. Parents that said, hey, follow your dreams, do the stuff, you know, where you're young that you're, you're into and you enjoy. So did that. Um, but um, if you look at the last 30 years, um, there's about 27 of those years have actually been in the, the charitable sector. What What drew you into the charitable sector, do you think? Honest truth, of course, is, is, is never that is, is sexy as a story to tell. So <laughs> yeah. it, it went something like 19 and my girlfriend being pregnant, yeah. and uh, who's now been my wife for, for 30, 30 years. But uh, that worked out. That, 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 she did all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so being a working musician and having, uh, within a few years, a couple of children and working full-time as a muso uh, looks like two or three nights yes. a week. So, yes. so I thought I need, I need a real job. And I, I just it, it's happenstance. So yeah. I came across someone who said, hey, had you ever thought about? And it was a... Uh, gentleman that had a, a youth work position going uh, with the Salvation Army back in 1991 ah, yeah. and I uh, said what does a youth worker do and, and what, what does the role look like and, and so I ended up um, working for the Salvation Army for uh, 11 years and yep. through my 20s and early 30s. Um, and they're it, great, eh, Salvation Army. They just do incredible work, not only, this is what I love about them, it's not only at that grassroots coalface work work you know supporting people in sometimes the most vulnerable times but also the the research stuff the advocacy you know the the greater support for the sector um and trying to make change to the system i i think that that's really powerful oh look uh, like a lot of charities they're doing tremendous work but they you know have this global sort of infrastructure and, yes. and, and and a mission that's 150 years old so They've been around a while, learnt a lot, and, mm. and I think are very, um, very effective in what they do. Yeah. And, and so that was a real privilege working in, in that space as a youth worker. Learnt a lot about about people and yes. about myself. And <laughs> and uh, and but I mean, if you fast forward thirty years, I'm now actually on the board for the Salvation Army New Zealand, Fiji Tonga, and Samoa. So it's it's a real privilege to be to have kind of got done the journey end to yes. end, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And give back. Well, the fact that you can give back as well after being in a position where you were on the ground, you know, so so that kind of connection's so important. Well, I never forget how fortunate I was, one, to get a youth worker job as yes. a 20-year-old. 
but how tough it was. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, you know, it was back in the day when they paid you an AR brown envelope and yes. your hundred and something dollars that you got. Yeah. <laughs> So, and, and you learned back then that you were effectively part of your role as a youth worker. It wasn't just working alongside young people and, and supporting them in their, their growth and journey. It was actually part of what you're responsible for was actually um, um, fundraising mm. and, and, and raising your own pay your, packets, yes, yes. essentially. Yeah. You know, and covering welcome, the costs of your program. Welcome to the not for profit sector. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's fantastic. <laughs> so eleven years there and and what was the next move? Um sort of journeyed with the Salvation Army and through to heading up their employment plus um program for for a number uh, or for a short period of time actually. And then went on to uh, I met a, a gentleman, Professor Alan Clark, who was the head of the Otago Medical School in Canterbury. And he was starting a, a uh, early intervention vocational rehabilitation program for serious spinal injured people at Burwood mm. Hospital. And he wanted someone that knew nothing about spinal injury, nothing about rehabilitation, nothing about mm. vocational rehab, who could come and pioneer this new program with him. Wow. And because I knew nothing about anything, anything. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you're my man. Yep. I, mean, I guess he could tell I was a little entrepreneurial and, and had energy yes. and that, that he could work with that. Yeah. I mean, long story, again, that program's gone on that's uh, 20 years old uh, and has radically redefined the return to work rate for serious injured um, persons in New Zealand with a serious spinal injury. So mm. it used to be about 12% would return to some form of meaningful employment yeah. post-injury. Gee, that's low, isn't it? It's now around 60%. Wow, yeah, that so is significant. that team of, um, yeah. and, and they've been able to secure the IP and sell that on into Australia and, and other countries as well. So Brilliant. the New Zealand Spinal Trust, um, the Burwood Academy Trust, you know, they're, they're the organisations, the charities, yep. who again, like all of us, are out there hustling yep. to do great work to make a real difference in the life of everyday Kiwis but also having to, to fundraise and hold the organisation Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that would have been um, amazing work oh, <laughs> being in that space. Incredibly privileged again. Yeah. And that's kind of a theme I, I sense you and I and probably most of the listeners would have. Yeah. That sense of privilege being able to serve other fellow Kiwis through, oh, through charitable organisations. Uh, most, most definitely. Yeah. Um, what, what did you move on to from that role? I went to Rata Foundation, ah, uh, which yes. is a community trust, yes. as their operations manager. Cool. And so it was a kind of a step out. Well, actually, no, I went into corporate for four years. <gasps> mm, you went yeah. to the dark side. I did. Well, it, was, it was the first time someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, would you like a real job? real job. job. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll pay but you a we'll, bonus and we'll give you a company yeah. car and health and super. And it would have been a great experience, actually. And there are some yeah. magnificent corporates doing incredible work as well. Well, that, that's a good point because I think it used to be that the charitable sector thought they had the mortgage on doing good. That's right. But actually, yeah. you know, people have... Yes. That, right, to do good. And, and, and good people exist also in good, good corporates. So I went to actually Foodstuff South Island, who's a great organisation, learned a tremendous amount. Mm. It's a large-scale 10,000 staff across 140 business units yes. across the South Island. So any project you're doing is um, significant, requires a lot of resources. So, yeah. so I, I learned, I gained some skills in that space that I didn't get in the charitable sector. Exactly. And something yeah. to bring back to the charitable sector, eh? Right. So yeah. so I was really clear after that, that, that uh, time that I wanted to get back into our, our space and, and so I went to the Rata Foundation. But so working, I guess, in an organisation that's, um, I don't know, is it a sort of micro level, macro level, is it, where you're granting across, um, yeah. in the case, you know, 3,000-odd um, charitable groups in the Greater Canterbury region. 
And that gives you such an incredible insight, doesn't it, into the range of activities that actually happen in the not-for-profit sector. And I think you don't even, even as a provider of community services, um, you don't you don't really get a sense of the the breadth of what's happening right across that network. Mm. Whereas when you're funding, you know, you're more the the helicopter there, eh? And you're you're able just to see all of those different. Um, there are multiple sectors inside our sector, you know. Absolutely, Holly. I mean, you see a lot of things. I mean, it, it's a mind blow at one level because it's incredibly humbling because you see how much how many people are giving. Yeah. And and sometimes at their own cost, um, but. Um, this, this, the great work that happens across the nation uh, every day, day and night. Mm. And um, but you also see some other things. You see a lot of duplication. Yeah. You see, you know, you see. Um, so now this is interesting. If we just go back to your your time in the corporate sector, um, they don't call it duplication. Of course, they call it competition. And and there's actually a business argument that that makes businesses stronger and better. Why is it we don't apply that language or thinking to the not-for-profit sector? We call it duplication and say that somehow that's problematic, that people shouldn't have choice of service yes. for a start, and that um, that opportunity to to need to up your game because there are others providing similar services, you know, that thinking isn't applied. What's your thoughts oh, on that? Well, that's a great question. You put me on the spot. But I, I wonder sometimes um, in, in our sector, um, the cornerstone, if you like, that where we start from is often one of often one of passion and mm. cause and a sense of call to really make a difference. Yes. Uh, and rather than, you know, where a corporate might um, work to that position but work from a product as yes. their cornerstone and say, here's our offering, how can we grow and expand and share that and how can we do that passionately? Because I think as said that we start with a real passion like, um, you know, someone's had cancer um, that we know, so we start a, a trust or something mm. or in that response or, you know, many, many, many thousands of examples. And we're driven by that passion mm. and we give far more than we've often got and we achieve far more than a lot of corporates can ever achieve on the, yeah. with the same budget. Um, yeah, good question. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I think it's complex because I think obviously we're working in quite a different market, for want of a better word, where there is only so much pie because we're not generating our own income. income. That, right. that means that we're competing for a pie where people are choosing to put money into us or, or not. The, yep. the difficulty becomes, um, you know, the loss of efficiencies when we're splitting pies That's too, right. too I mean, you've thinly. got a product. You, 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 you're trading yeah. that as a commodity, and you're, you're, yeah. you make, you, that's where your revenue streams come from. Yeah. It's difficult for charities to develop sustainable multiple revenue streams, yeah. and you burn, you burn your passion. And yeah. That's what you're trading off. That's and, right. And and uh, and there's a finite level of resource yes. that ebbs and flows. But at the end of that, it's roughly what it is. It is interesting, though. I do think that um, that sometimes we need to maybe change our own language, but then start like you know the duplication language, which we know that there are organisations doing similar things. Um, it would be really interesting to look at if we if we reframe that and think about it from a different position. Are there different ways that we could then start um, leveraging that or, or making the most out of that? Not necessarily amalgamating, but maybe there's an opportunity to um, create efficiencies through some shared resourcing or you oh, know collaboration or you know. Absolutely, there is. Yeah, and and I'm an advocate for that. Yeah, um, sit on a couple of boards, and there's, there's a couple of them that I see. You know, we, we both have administrators, both have fundraisers, both have leaders of the organisation. Yeah, exactly. Work for the same consumer group. Yes. But offering yeah. different sort of services. 
uh, that could amalgamate and become, you know, um, a subsidiary service of, yes. but work so much more efficiently. Yeah. And 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 double up on that resource, and therefore an increase impact. It, it, yeah, there's so much opportunity. Mm. Um, we're going to segue very quickly. Uh, we're going to take a bit of a music break. When we come back, um, you went from Rata to um, Community Foundations New Zealand. So we're going to pick the story up at that point and start maybe having a bit of a discussion around what a foundation is and how it might differ from the community trusts and the likes. Betty Davis Eyes is having a chat with Aaron today from Community Foundations New Zealand about, um, well, actually, his, his incredible story, but also about now community foundations and um, their role in the community, but also what they are, because they are 
they're relatively new in New Zealand, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, some are. The most yeah. of them are, are new, absolutely. But it's such an exciting space. So, yeah. I mean, I uh, was fortunate to take a, a few months off, off work, and when I was looking at, at um, coming back into the sector, I thought, um, kind of like, where can you play? Where can you, can you <laughs> contribute and have best yeah. effect? Yeah. And uh, is it with deep within a charity, um, working as a youth worker or, yep. or leading the organisation, or is it working, again, in that, uh, Rasa type community trust space. Yeah, being able to be a part of that giving. Yeah. yeah. But then I found community foundations. Yeah. And see, the, the distinction that I got um, really present to was that, okay, so if you're a uh, community trust, which who do great work across the nation, um, they have a particular endowment uh, that has history that they're, they're growing slowly each year and they grant out of that endowment. But that endowment, other than via investments, isn't growing, you know, mm. generosity is not contributing contributing to it as such. If you're a community group, um, as we've all been a part of, um, you receive money from community trusts and various, cha- uh, you know, grant makers, and you spend it down generally in that year, and it's gone, mm. and that is a mm. funnel that you can never give enough to, so it'll always, it'll always take. But then when you look at community f- foundations, the unique thing about that, it not only uh, receives money from donors, so it's actually growing it's then able to so, so you're, you get, people are able to give yes. you're then able to grow it and then you're able to grant it so it's, it is if you like the whole pipeline or you know continuum and so we're, we're able to grow um, the regional wealth if you like via generous Kiwis yes. for the benefit of the charitable sector in New Zealand and that is, you know, I mean, look at the last year, uh, 30%, over 30% growth in our total in, um, funds under management. Yeah, it's, it's quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And those numbers are starting to look like, you can see how those numbers are starting to be able to um, translate into impact. That's right. And so I, the Community Foundation in New Zealand is really about um, transformation. It's transforming generosity. So yes. it's giving those that, that have and want to give the right vehicle to be able to give into a, a really sound um, place-based um, organisation network throughout the country that's connected with what the community's doing. Yes. To be able to grow that, you know, with the right sort of compliance and safety and, and, and grow that fund through an endowment. And so that you're not just giving into that charity for today. Yes. Not giving just 100000 say, this year, which would be amazing for any charity. Absolutely. But you're able to put that 100000 invest it and then give it for the next 10, 50, 100, 500 years. Exactly. You know, we we as community workers all were given um, a, a small mental health fund to facilitate, and we can only hand out the you know the interest on that fund yes. each year. So we, we give out a, a very small amount of people to people studying in that space, very small, like up to a thousand dollars. So you know, a couple of small funds. Um, that is that is kind of one way to do it. But what what's interesting is, as an organisation, we may or may not exist in fifty years' time. You know, the beauty about these community foundations is that this is a gift that goes on forever, potentially, eh? Um, yes. These are a really well-established um, organisations whose role it is to leverage um, that, that personal wealth inside communities. And then you can tag it to stuff that you're interested in, eh? So, like, so for example, if I said, look, I really want this to go to animals. Now, I could choose an animal shelter, but that shelter might not exist hmm. in 10 years' time. Whereas if you've gone through a foundation, you can talk about the the purpose of what you want that money to go towards. That's right. And so then they can make sure that that continues. Yes, yeah, so we're like the um, 
custodians, I guess, of a gift yeah. that's yeah. been generously given by someone. You know, we're not all, all on earth forever, yes. <laughs> but in a period of time. <laughs> yeah. But they've given a gift that they want to exist in perpetuity forever, for the benefit yes. of, you know, for, for, for everyday Kiwis. And so as custodians of that, we, we manage exactly that to ensure it goes where it, it was intended to go. And of course, you don't have to die to give a gift, do you? Well, what did Sir Stephen <laughs> Tyndall say? Had a chuckle. He, he said, you're better to give with a warm hand than a cold hand. Yeah, it's um, a very good way which, to put it. You know, and he could yeah. get away with that. But, you know, it, it's, a fair, it's yeah. a fair point. So, And and, and, and it's not about 100,000. It's, no. it's not about 10,000 necessarily. It's, um, you know, there's... Uh, I, I look, I, if I could tell a quick story. Yeah. My, my, my children are aged 22 to 30. And um, my daughter and her friends are in that 30 sort of, you know, mm. young families. And there's a group of them that um, put in a, a few tens of dollars from their pay each week into a little collective with a dozen friends. And then each month, so they've been able to grow this little piece of uh, fund. Yeah. And, it, and it's a few few thousand dollars, but each month they they give away hundreds of dollars wow. to people within their um, network ecology that they care about. So, for example... when It's a really cool idea, isn't it? But I'm blown away, you know. Yeah. It, it's not about having necessarily huge wealth it's about yeah. um, being really generous and yes. transforming generosity and making it real for whatever you've got so when uh, my mother-in-law had pancreatic cancer um, one of those young men came around knocked on her door and none of us knew about it yeah. and gave her a, you know, a check for for a thousand dollars wow so that she could her just to help quality of life in yeah. those last few weeks uh, or months um, she could do some stuff so isn't that How amazing, amazing is that? oh it really is yeah. it's really cool yeah. and in your community foundation like i know for example um obviously momentum foundation have got like a, a woman's fund and an intercultural mm. fund and, and some people just have five dollars a week going out from their pay packets going into that just to build those funds so that they will then be distributed to I suppose different organisations or events or things that are going to progress those areas of interest. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, what the Wakatipu uh, Trust did with the uh, Impact One Hundred with yeah. the Wahini tour down there. The woman who a uh, hundred women who gave a thousand dollars each. Yeah, hundred thousand dollars. It's amazing. Then they isn't worked it? together to give that back into the community yeah. each year. Yeah. Um, so it is about that, you know, collectively considering how you might want to use what you've got and how good does it feel yeah. to share a dollar. Ten dollars, exactly. A coffee a day, or whatever that might yeah. be. So, and we've got we've got about um, seven minutes or so left, and I, I want to get to Community Foundations New Zealand because you're not a community foundation per se, but an umbrella mm. body. Indeed. Do you want to talk about what that actually is and what it is you do? Then what what is what is it you're going to do? Sure, I, I can I can try, Holly. I've Great. been I've been in the role for nine nine weeks. I think oh, so. Yeah, you got this. You got this down. <laughs> like, no, cowboy. Um, look, it, it's like I said, it's a great privilege to be part of uh, leading the 17 regional community f- uh, foundations that exist um, around New Zealand, from um, you know the far north down into to the deep south. Um, and we are about uh, transforming generosity and bu- mm. building that regional wealth for the benefit of everyday Kiwis mm. uh, through through charity groups. So um, we have the privilege of connecting with um, gen- generous Kiwis and also those working at the, at the coalface. But, you know, we... Um, it is reasonably young, so I think one of our oldest foundations um, has been around about 30 years, but the majority have come on stream in the last uh, handful of years. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the growth and generosity from Kiwis is, is, is pretty amazing. And so the growth of the funds that we have uh, hold on behalf of Kiwis for in perpetuity is now around uh, $200 million. Mm. 
with um, a further with twice that um, in, in promissories be, bequested. So we're looking at like we're actually a, a network of seventeen uh, community foundations throughout New Zealand with you know down around about six hundred million dollars. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. How, how amazing a Kiwi is, right? Yeah. And and that is growing substantially. So I said, like I said, thirty percent this year. So we get interest on that, and then people continue to add to that. Yeah. And so our responsibility is to how how do we be as as, as cunning and as effective. As, and as generous as we can be to transform the experience um, of life for, for everyday Kiwis in New Zealand through the great work of charity groups. So um, the the network, the 17 foundations uh, throughout New Zealand work with local charities to and grant in, into that space. Yes. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're uh, you can probably hear my voice, we're, I'm excited about it, we're excited about the, the potential here yeah. in terms of what can be achieved. I, I think so too. Um, really interesting. There's a lot of variation, eh, between these 17 um, foundations. Then it's not one model. No. So you've got um, a 30-year-old foundation yep. with tens of millions um, an investment that are, you know, and, and many um, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, are being granted each year. And then you've got your um, your like your Waka Tipu Foundation has yes. been around for a very short period of time, um, but already getting some real traction in their community uh, and, and making a real difference. And you've got everything from, um, like, uh, Foundation Auckland, um, the projects I've initiated in the Hauraki Gulf around mm. restoration of the environment there. You've got local people working with that local passion and knowledge to want to restore that area. Yeah. Um, so you've got that environmental piece. Then you've got, like you said, pets yes. and animals. <laughs> yep. You've got people gifting into that space. You've got into children's work. Yeah. All right across the spectrum of community work. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got Momentum looking at um, a regional theatre. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you've got projects from. A few thousand dollars through to yeah. millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. And it's often not the um, the foundation's role isn't to deliver that thing, though, is it? Like, I mean, that's, I suppose sometimes that's where some confusion is. Like, the Momentum Waikato isn't building a theatre. It is, no. su- it's supporting the fundraising for that to happen. Yeah, it's like, um, again, it's that custodian of yeah. the generosity, but it's also an enabler yes. uh, for that project to actually take flight. And get off the ground. Because yeah. there's yeah. no lack of vision and, and yes. amongst our sector and, and, and enthusiasm for what's possible. At the end of the day, you need to be able to bring resource in order yeah. to be able to realise what's possible. And that's part of what community foundations do. So what would be your message to people listening if they're thinking, you know, it's a little bit interesting and I'd like to know a bit more about how to support a community foundation? Sure. Well, maybe you're listening from, uh, and you're 20-something, and so you might want to consider what generosity looks like to, looks like to you now mm. and in the future. Um, you you want to might want to consider the charitable sector mm-hmm. as a vocation. Possibly. Yeah, absolutely. You might be driving in your car from somewhere to somewhere and you do have a few funds and you're perhaps you're later in life and, and uh, you actually want to share some of that then you could contact your local uh, you could contact Community Foundations um, New Zealand the website um, yeah. or one of your local foundations well your, um, the Community Foundations New Zealand website does have a where yes. all of the foundations are complete breakdown of yeah. all the community foundations and uh, give you the right contact people yeah. uh, or contact myself or one of the team and also has a great calculator doesn't it does have a, yeah. I was using it this morning were you I was using it this morning and uh, just looking at the future so you can put in there what is a, a gift of 5000 or $50,000. Yeah, what does it like, look like? Yeah. Uh, with 
you know, with four or five percent interest over the next ten, twenty, hundred years. Yeah. And, and that that's pretty buzzy to look at that and it, get a real sense of where your generosity can go and the impact you can make. Yeah. And so we can then connect that generosity uh with local community groups. So if you're a leading or a working you know, worker in a local community um charitable group, then you can also contact um, community foundations and uh, look at when they have their granting rounds yeah. and that type of thing and, and build that partnership as well. Perfect. That's actually us. We're out of time. Out of time. Thank you so much. Uh, you've been listening to Connect with Community Wakato. Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.